We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And a pleasant good afternoon to everyone out there at Irish Breakdown Land. I am Vince D'Addario. It had me thrown too. Thank Vince, you for switching. Live from lockup. Yeah, live from lockup, babe. This is my one hour in the yard. Uh, I've decided to use it to uh, to talk some Notre Dame football. But uh, this is this is our very first because this mm-hmm. is our first post game week, right? So this is our very first upon further review mm-hmm. uh, show. And, and and so what that means is Brian and I have had a chance to rewatch the game. Obviously, we had our opinions after the game from just a a live look, right? Uh, but we've had a chance to kind of look, go back over the film, uh, kind of with a, a coach's eye on mm-hmm. things. And, uh, you know, I, you know, for many plays, I literally watched the play five or six times and watched each lineman or I watched uh, the drop by the quarterback or or whatever the case may be. Right. That's that's how coaches watch film. And it's why I hate watching games live, to be perfectly honest with you, because I miss <laughs> so much. I'm so right. used to watching it on film. So, right. Uh, so this is our upon for and the review. things that you thought you saw. Like one thing, Vince, that I said during the game is, you know, Kyle Hamilton had a big missed tackle on the 89 yard touchdown run. I was wrong on that. I went back and watched the film. Kyle was on the backside. That was DJ Brown that missed that play. Right. right. So that's why we always want to have this follow up show to sometimes Absolutely. we may see things differently. You know, I may say, hey, guy played well. And then you watch him. Like, hey, I don't really play that well <laughs> uh, or, or vice versa. Yeah. And so that's uh, what we do. And now this is always going to be a more technical show which means a lot of times it's going to be naturally more critical show and critical simply from a critiquing standpoint, right? It's grades. It's some positives, some negatives. This isn't, this is, so just understand if you're someone who's not familiar with us, this is going to be like we're in the the coaching office with the players after the game. And that's always going to be more critical because it's like, Hey, this is good, but Hey, we got to clean this up. Hey, this has to be corrected. So we'll try to balance it, but just understand there's going to be a natural, uh, not harshness, but more just a, 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 a skeptical, critical well, you, eye being applied to the film. So and, just and, understand yeah. that's what the show is going to be about. And and reason being is that's how we would talk to our players. Right. Like, hey, here's what you need to work on. Here's what you didn't do right. And of right. course, as you're going through film with your players, like, hey, you did a really good job right. on this. And we'll have that. But mm-hmm. it, it is there's an eye towards the critical because you want to guys know what they do right. Right. You, you don't necessarily have to pat them on the back. You don't need to tell Kyle Hamilton, hey, by the way, good job on the two interceptions right. that no one else in the country can make. You know, I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so that's what this is. And that's how we're going to approach it as coaches. And the best part about it, Vince, if I was sitting down in the film room with my players, the best thing I would say is, hey, fellas, there's a lot we got to clean up. We we can, we are so much better than what we showed Sunday night. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We got one win, zero losses. Absolutely, that's at the end of the day the key. But now we we get into the season. We got to clean some up, some some stuff up. We got the first game jitters out. We got the first game mistakes out. First game mistakes out. Now let's go on. Right. But you went on the road against a quality team, not a great team, a quality mm-hmm. team, and you you made those mistakes. We saw stuff live, and we got the W. And we faced some adversity. We rallied back. You know, offensively, we had mistakes, but we we did what we needed to do to get the job done. Defensively, we made a lot of mistakes the second half, but when the game was on the line, we stepped up and made plays. 
there's a lot of things to be encouraged by. Been a lot of things to got to get cleaned up, but there's a lot of teams that would. You think Clemson would rather be in their <laughs> shoes today or Notre right. Dame shoes? You think North exactly. Carolina would rather be in their shoes today or Notre Dame shoes? And that's where we're going to be at with this. Absolutely. So, Brian, we may not talk special teams every week, um, but we we do want to hit on special teams a little bit. And it may be the same thing every week that we have to say about special teams because right. it just might be. Uh, but we wanted to start things off with special teams. Um, the lack of a return game, uh, I'll start there. Uh, I, I I understand the punt return game. Okay, fine. The kick return game, you've got one of the most dynamic athletes back there returning kicks, right? He's the guy that's catching the ball. If you just want him to fair catch, then get him out of there. There's no point right. in having him there if that's your strategy. Every time he caught the ball, now, granted, I was watching the TV version, right? But every time he caught the ball on a kickoff, there wasn't a red jersey no. in the screen. No. And you're telling me that you're not better off letting uh, Chris Tyree catch the ball and get a running start against right. guys that are coming in, you know, in his general direction. I just feel like they're leaving a lot out on the field on the kickoff. There's no th – yes, absolutely, Vince. And – Look, you say, well, you know, hey, there's a chance we get pinned back. Okay, fine. That football's a game of chance. Every time you drop back and throw, there's a chance you get intercepted or right. strip sacked. Every time you run the ball, there's a chance you fumble or somebody comes through. I mean, there's always risk in football of a mistake. Yeah. The the incredibly soft nature in which they attack special teams is really dis dis disturbing. Yeah. I mean, you've got Kyron Williams returning punts and Chris Tyree returning kicks, and you had one attempt. At a return. Now, the punts I got because Florida State did a good job where they were punting from of getting down there, getting high punts. Part of that is because sure. Notre Dame didn't heat the guy up. Yeah, exactly. Okay, if you're not going to set up a return and they didn't set up a return, then freaking go after the punt. Right? I mean, it Absolutely. just, it's one of those things that you just, is, is, and then two of the kick returns were just made me want to just scream in the press box. Like the <sighs> first one was they kick it right down the middle of the field. Right, which is a huge no. Look, that look. is the last thing you want a kicker to do, Vince. <laughs> That's a no-no on freshman football. Oh okay? my gosh! I, and I'm just I'm my kid is a is a kicker. People know this, right? And he kicks on the freshman football team. All the coaches tell him is like, man, I don't care how deep it is, but it's got to be towards the corner. Yes. It's got to be on the side, right? And that, you know whether they're pooching it or whether they're kicking it deep, it can't be in the middle. Yeah. And if it is, the other team's got to take advantage of that. Right. Oh has to, God. and you've got a guy that runs a four-three, returning right down the middle of the field, and he's fair catching. <sighs> now, for those that have a question, the way that Chris Tyree was fair catching those, it was clear to me that he was being told fair catch it if it's in because it was almost immediate. Yeah, like it, he, there, he had there his was, hand in the air. There was like, no thought. Yeah. It was, it, and then the last one was you've got forty seconds left in the game. Your odds one timeout because on the first play of the second half you had to waste a timeout. Because you weren't set up correctly, which drives me nuts. First play out of halftime. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to be too hard on Tommy Reese because after that, the offensive game plan in the third quarter was phenomenal, right? Yeah. But you can't waste those kind of timeouts. Right. And 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 it hurt you late in the game. So You knew it would. As soon as they took it, I was like. You got like, a 4-3-1 guy. It's like, hey, take a chance. Right. You know, and if you get pinned, you get pinned. I mean, if you if you lose some seconds, you lose some seconds. But give your give your kicker i couldn't believe florida state kicked it in bounds oh, i yeah. just said just kick it out of bounds i mean i just said <laughs> kick it as far as you can i'm not giving i don't care if you kick it out of bounds in bounds i'd rather do that than give chris tyree a chance to return a kick well and their and their kid put a couple in the end zone so yeah. i mean their, their kid can put it in the end He's zone that, that's what i would have said it. yeah put it in the end yeah. zone i i just i was i was blown away and then to have him fair catch it oh so we're gonna go 75 yards and 40 seconds eh, not 75 yards i mean you get in field goal range you know so you've got to go at least you get at least 45 yards and 40 seconds 35, yeah. right so that's what 15 plus 25 that's 40, yards. 40 yards at least 40 yards at you least go 40, 40 yards yeah. at least four because that's a 52 yard field goal at that yeah point. which is in his range i mean he right. yeah, but, but yes harder you don't that's want the minimum right in my opinion, so 40 yards and 40 seconds. I'm sorry. I'm giving Chris Tyree a chance to break that. Absolutely. One. I'm sorry. Uh, so I just that that that's the thing is I want to get that negativity out of the way now. I, and then you had a short pump by Jay Bramlett. I didn't think the coverage units were great, you know, like they normally are. There was a lot of frustration for me from this game from the special teams. And now having said that, mm -hmm. when the game was on the line, the snap was good. The hold was good. The blocking was good. And the kick was true. Yeah. Right. And and right. 
that's awesome. I mean, yep. that's that's great. I just feel like overall, when you evaluate it from the beginning to the end of the game, you don't say, hey, well, you made the one play when it counted. Yes, yes, you do. But you have to make sure you're doing a good job for the other 60 minutes too. Right, because their kid and did. So, I mean, their kid missed yeah. the, the field goal in overtime. Yeah, so. and I'll say, that, and, and, and that's what coaches get for playing those stupid mind games with, with field goals. Your kid made a 50-plus yard field goal, but you wanted yeah. to review the play and you wanted to, you know, and all that, and then he has to sit there and think about it for a long review. He, he basically iced his own kicker. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly. Mike Norvell did a really good job in this game. That was the one mistake. I didn't actually have a problem with him going forward on fourth down in his own territory. Notre Dame was working FSU right then. He kind of know like if we if we just give them the ball back here, they're going to go down and score. So we might as well take a chance. And I also think that was a character building moment for his team. He's trying to still build a football team. Sure. Right. And I think that's that moment. Say, hey, I got faith in you guys. And it, they didn't get it done, and you correct the mistakes. But I think that was a sign to his team, hey, this is the level of faith I have in you guys, that I'm going to put you out there. And it's the faith I have in the defense that they can hold. Now, they didn't, right? But but, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're to saying. Them for Mike that's an interesting point. If Brian Kelly would have made the same call, I would have had a problem with it, right? Because you're at a different place on your yeah. – your, your, But for Mike Norvell, in that moment, game one of his second year, I had no problem with it. Hmm. And his team reacted pretty well to that. I mean, Notre Dame goes down and scores 38, make it 38 20. And after the rest of the second half, Florida State controlled that football game. Right. Yeah, they did. They did. You're so, right. So for me, Vince, I look at it and say, you have to be better on special teams. And Mike Norvell made that mistake there. Notre Dame did a good job. They got it done. I think this is going to be huge for Jonathan Doerr's confidence level. Down game winner in game one. I mean, I mean it, on the road, in overtime, gets the game ball. That's going to be huge for him. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's good for him. So that part of special teams is good. But the the, the kick return thing, it just – like you said, just why have why waste your time yeah. with Chris Tyree being back yeah. there if you're just going to do that's that? Ex- that's exactly my point. If you're just going to fair catch, put somebody back there who's going to catch it, and that's all – that's the end of the story. Don't put Chris Tyree back there and tease me like that. That's not right. fair. That's not right. Because cool. Florida State scored, what, six times in this game, right? Like five touchdowns and a field goal plus a half. Right. And, 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 and Notre Dame had a grand total of zero kick returns on, just, on seven kickoffs. I, they weren't all kicked out of bounds. No, meaning touchback. They weren't right. all touchbacks. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. That's frustrating as all get out. I mean, and, and at least Chris, at least Kyron Williams got yeah, three touchbacks, yeah. by the way. Three uh, touchbacks is what so four, four times had. were fair catching, you know. But at least Kyron Williams, you know, Returned a couple punts. He looked he? like he was being given the red light, the green yeah. light, yes, to return kicks. Absolutely yes. agree. Yes. And he made some good decisions on when to fair catch. He did, and when yeah. he had space, he returned it. And and I'm on okay the one where he fielded it at the, like the six or seven, I actually was okay with that because it was hanging up so much. The covered here was all, has always been my stance on fair catching inside the ten. And I know a lot of special teams coaches feel differently. They're like, don't ever field it, blah blah blah. Yeah, right. For me, if you're having to wait on a ball inside the 10 and the coverage players are past you, that ball is going to have a good chance of getting pinned even deeper. I was cool with them fielding that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, they were behind him. They were, they behind, were behind him, him waiting yeah. on that ball to bounce, and then they were right. going to have a chance, especially with the new rule that the ball can actually cross the plane as long as you know what I mean. Like the it used to be where when the ball crossed the plane, it was dead no matter whether you tapped it back I in or not. It didn't actually have to hit out of bounds. So they can now, dive. Yes. And like, yeah. And tap it back in, which you couldn't do back in the day. Now you can. That's even more reason I for me. So that. I actually had no problem. Now, if you're catching it inside the five, okay, dude, come on, you know. He caught a six or seven because the, the difference is that's a difference when your quarterback can drop back quickly and not be in the end zone, right? And your quarterback's in the end zone the second he receives the ball in a shotgun, and that's a big deal. That's a, so big, it is a big deal because if there's one blown, you know, block, uh, right. you're done and you're it's a safety, so yeah, yeah. And you'd have to have a pretty deep drop back from the six yard line for you to get called for holding in the end zone on a safety or you know, whether it be run game or whatever. Yeah. So, right, uh, I, I had no problem with that. It looked, but, but to not give Chris Tyree the green light on kick returns was just a terrible decision. Terrible, yeah. So, and I don't know whose decision that is. Is that Brian Kelly or Brian Polian? I don't know, but if I'm Brian Kelly, I'm having a conversation about that yeah and but the worst call on special teams that night was the no the the, the, the no roughing penalty that was not Terrible. called on jay bramlin i mean brian kelly kept saying he spun him all the way around now you know sometimes guys fake it but i saw someone I on twitter he said, did no he didn't on that time yeah that's what i'm saying like just yeah. saying that doesn't mean that, that you know but <clears> but he got spun I mean, he, 
He got hit. I mean, that's a, it, if I was doing teaching tape with officials on, hey, the difference between running and roughing, that's a roughing penalty. Right. You know, uh, somebody, he got, somebody he, on, he made contact with both legs. Yes. And, and I know that the I know I, that the I issue don't care is if he's holding pulling. Leg. Right. Right. I get that. You don't want him on the plant leg. That's roughing. If yes. They just, but I don't want to hit the, a guy whose plant right. leg is on the ground either. Right. Exactly. And spinning because him he around have like the other leg to brace himself. Right. Yep. So that was a horrible call. Horrible, horrible. No call. Um, just well, it, another it, another in a long reviewable. line. of It should be. It should it be should a reviewable be. thing. And another in a long line of poor uh, poor officiating calls. I don't want to talk too much about the officials, but I thought Notre Dame fans would appreciate this. So, you know, we saw in 2014 that phantom, that ter- what I thought was a terrible, a lot of people don't agree with me, I thought it was a terrible pass interference penalty. So that was pass interference. But this right here, that's the ball. That's this guy, a yard-plus pass line scrimmage. That's the tight end stalk blocking Justin Adamiola four yards down the field. Right. While the ball's in the air, apparently that's not pass interfer- offensive pass interference. But what happened for Notre Dame in 2014 is. Right, exactly. So if I'm Brian Kelly, I'm sending some strongly worded letters to the uh, ACC uh, officiating offices this week. I mean, <laughs> There's you no question send, about it. You need to send that clip right there. You need yes. to just hey, BK. Yes. And that was like a 20-plus yard game that set up a touchdown. Yeah. It, they're set, they set up a touchdown that gave them the lead. Well, and, and I, you know, I always say, you know, don't let the officials right. know, dictate the the outcome of the game, right? And right. that you don't ever want to put yourself in that position. And Notre Dame almost did because that not that lack of a call on the mm-hmm. on the roughing changed the momentum of that game. Because if Notre Dame mm-hmm. continued to hold on to the ball there, I don't think it's an overtime game. I really don't. And so I believe that that changed the momentum completely mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in, in that game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so let's dive into some offense and defense, Vince. We're going to start with the offense. We're going to spend more time on the defense today, but I did want to get a little bit in the offense. And as I went back and watched the game, really looked through the play calling from Tommy Reese. I was I was as impressed by it on the review as I was live. Again, I'll say again, I hated the third and five call. I got why he did it. I didn't like it. But other, excuse me, other than that, I liked what he did. I liked how aggressive they were on on momentum when there was needs for momentum changes back in their favor. So like after Florida State scored to take a 14-0 lead, 14-7 lead, Notre Dame went right on the attack uh, and obviously executed well until that third and five call, which then sort sure. of Goal, got the ball back, went and down and scored again on that next drive. When Florida State took the 24 to 20 lead, uh, Tommy Reese on the first play of the next series went deep to Kevin Austin, uh, which I liked. I thought they were aggressive. They had, uh, they took seven shots, I, I, eight shots technically, but I don't count the Hail Mary shots. No, seven I wouldn't count that. Of at least 20 yards down the field. They had another four shots that went at least 15. Part of the reason a couple of those didn't go 20 is because of how quickly Jack Cohn got the ball out. So that corner out to Michael Mayer went just under 20 because he got the ball out so quickly. And he threw it with a you know a little bit more of a on a line because again that's what you do if if the guy's open and he's you you get it out there as quickly as possible. You don't lead him down the field. Oh, you're talking about the touchdown pass? The touchdown pass, yeah, when he was, was the oh, yeah. blown coverage. His eyes must have been like, oh, like wow, yeah, this is crazy. Right, yeah. so so I thought that was, uh, uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of aggressiveness. Paul Olmstead with the super chat. Paul, Thanks, thank you Paul. very, very much for that. So, um, Paul Olmstead, 
uh, the super chat, kicking things off on that. So, so Tom, again, back to Tom Reese. The other thing too is they didn't abandon the running game. You know, yeah. your two tailbacks still carried the ball twenty five times in a game where you were getting no movement. They did a good job of okay, if our running backs aren't getting the ball and aren't making plays in the run game, let's get. They had ten catches. Mm-hmm. So your two running backs is what your your position you're kind of building yourself around. They had thirty five touches, right? That's kind of where you want to be. You know, Kyron Williams had twenty four touches. Uh, Chris Tyree had uh, had eleven touches. Again, I, I that's kind of where you want to be, especially in a game where you're just not getting the you're just not getting any right. movement in the run game. So I like the play calling. I thought third down was good for the most part. I thought some of their third down concepts early weren't great against what Florida State was doing. But uh, but overall, I, I thought that the, the play calling, in my opinion, was good. What's up, Vince? You had one point I, yeah, one point I want to make about the play calling is it's very clear that Tommy Reese knows his team, uh, in my opinion, because going – Going forward in a in a deep way on third and short and second and short, it, it fourth that. and short for you know yeah. uh, on that touchdown pass, he knows this isn't last year's team, mm-hmm. right? Last year's team's lining it up, punching you in the mouth, getting those mm-hmm. two yards or whatever, right? He knows where the strengths are of this team, and I appreciate that, right? He's not trying to fit you know the square peg in a round hole situation, right? He he knows what his strengths are, and he's he's calling plays in that manner. And I, I appreciate that from a young coordinator, you know, knowing your team. I mean, that's huge. That that's huge to me. Uh, And then eventually teams are going to be like, well, it's third and two. We can't really pack the box because they may go long here or they may do this. And so then that's going to open up maybe some of the run game and and all that. So um, I, I really liked his aggressiveness, and then knowing his team on some of those short yardage right. situations. And I love the aggressiveness of it, like you talked about the shots down the field. I mean, I'm trying to pull up Jack Cones. I I, I have Jack Cones grades for the game. Obviously, I gave him an A-, minus, not a B-. Minus. Uh, <clears throat> there, was, there was enough in there. You know me. I'm a pretty hard grader. I don't hand sure. out A's, and I don't know if I've – I've maybe given like one A plus ever. I probably gave an A plus or two out during the 2017 season to some of the offensive linemen, but I don't have a ton. But I'm, I'm Jack Cohn's third and fourth quarter stats in this game. So on on, on third and fourth downs in this game, Jack Cohn went nine of twelve for 178 yards and four touchdowns on third and fourth down because the first the first touchdown was a fourth down to Michael Mayer, right. Uh, then there was a third and short. It was third and one or two. That was the touchdown pass to Kevin that. Austin. Yep. Yep. Uh, the the touchdown pass to Joe Wilkins was a third down, third medium. It, you know, third and five. Right. But they were sort of in two down territory there. Uh, and, and so then, of course, you had another third down where he again he read it out. They did a free release instead of having Kyron Williams wasting in the backfield pass blocking. He got Kyron Williams out in the flats. He dumps it off to Kyron. He makes a play, and that's what we've been asking for, Vince. That's like, it. Yeah. Use your playmakers. Like the throw to Joe Wilkins. I wasn't a great throw by Jack Cohn, but you gave your guy a chance to make a play, and he made a play. Right. And that's what you want. Yep. You know, getting the ball check on checkdowns to Kyron Williams at three, four yards, and letting him make people miss and picking up fifteen yards. Those are the things you say. Get the ball down to your playmate. Well, he didn't scramble. I'd rather him take a check down to Kyron Williams like that than to scramble. Because yeah, that's I'd rather have Kyron Williams with the ball in his hands running around than right. Jack Cohn or Ian Book, if that's what mm-hmm. we're comparing him to, right? That that's mm-hmm. what I want. Get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And that's one of the things that we always thought that Jack Cohn was going to be good at. Mm-hmm. We have a super chat from there, David right? Carpenter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome to be discussing actual games and good to get the W. <laughs> Sarcasm font. Glad to see we are still fair catch you. It's even <laughs> worse now because they're now fair yeah. catch you on kickoffs, God, just... which, you know, which, which you know, I, I was laughing at um, Martin Demo with a little sarcasm for the show from responding, responding to the post game <laughs> show. Very well done, Martin. Very well done. Uh <laughs> But no, I, I thought the play calling was good. I thought Jack Cohn executed it relatively well. I think mm-hmm. there were some times I thought he was a little too quick through his progressions. Uh, early, uh, early on, I think the pass rush not affected him like uh, he wasn't willing to throw it, but I think it caused him to maybe he felt he had to go through his reads a little quicker. Uh, for people that have said, well, he hit us through his first read all the time. Joe Wilkins was not his first read on the touchdown pass. If you go back and right. look, looking here, he doesn't see it. He, he sees the safety kind of go over and knows he's kind of got that backside. He takes the shot. He also had Lawrence Keys coming across the middle on that play too. Uh, I thought he, he ran the offense effectively. couple things that I'm curious about. 
I'm curious about whether or not he's not allowed to throw RPOs or pull the ball on the backside of runs or if he's not if he just made decision not to. I counted about nine RPOs in the game, all handoffs. Right. And it was all just that little look screen stuff. That's all they did. Uh, I don't know if there there didn't seem to be other plays. Like I went and watched pass plays. The problem is sometimes the run blocking was so passive and catchy that it was like, I don't know if that's pass blocking yeah. or if that's run blocking. That's a really good point. Yeah. Pass. So that was a that was a little bit a little bit problematic. But there were two there were times where it's like, look, you've this is a game of there were times where they were cutting back and there were just backside guys just there crashing. And he wasn't pulling it. Not that he would have run for 100 yards, but you know maybe he can run four or five. But I still think they need to do more things in the RPO game to protect that edge, especially with what we saw from Jack Cohn on Saturday on Sunday night. He can get that ball out quickly. You've got the you've got pl- guys can make plays. That's the next evolution that we need to see. And I'm curious to see kind of what what that was. But there were times maybe maybe he could have got pulled the ball out and got it out. Uh, but overall, I thought he did good. I thought the running backs played well. Vince, I yeah. thought the receivers played very well. Mm-hmm. They were open a lot in the game. Yep. There was a, a play when Jack Cohn was sacked early where he was getting ready to look back to Kevin Austin and he got drilled. Kevin Austin had broken free on a backside in cut, so he was a backside one-on-one. You read the front side, it was it was covered, and he was getting ready to come back, and bam, he gets sacked. Uh, Kevin Austin, I thought, had a really good game. Uh, he, I, my great, everything's kind of thrown off timing-wise. You know, We're doing the upon further review on Tuesday instead of Sunday night. Because it was a night game, it was on Sunday, the travel was on Monday. It just was kind of a weird week. We'll normally do these on Sunday night, but my grades are going to be out later this week as well. But when, when you look at the receivers, I thought the separation was there. Braden Lindsey had multiple steps in the game. He actually yeah. had a couple steps on the guy on that underthrow from Jack yeah. Cohn. And so did, and so did uh, Kevin Austin, too, yeah. on the flea flicker. Yeah. I mean, he was open. He he wasn't as open. I okay. was watching that live because he okay. did like a, a delay. And he came from the back side. And then, yeah, he did like yeah. a kind of delay in the middle and then ran. He had a step. Jack needs to throw that ball over top and it's open. It should have yes. been there, but he didn't have a big, big step. Travis mm-hmm. and Travis J was recovering because of because of that, but it still should have been completed. So uh, Brain Lindsay had another play in the middle where he, you know, where Jack kind of went. I thought Jack was going to throw it, but he looked away from Braden because he saw the pressure coming before Braden got in there. But if he he needs to just hit that and just let it rip, uh, I think we'll see some of that down the road too. But that was another play where Braden Lindsay had beat a guy deep. That was good to see. Uh, was to see him getting separation on vertical routes because yep. on the the underthrow he had a, I mean put it like this if Deshaun Kaiser and and again I thought Jack played a great game but there's a difference in arm strength between Jack sure. Cohen and Deshaun Kaiser on ver- Deshaun Kaiser was the best deep ball thrower Notre Dame's had and, I mean is for all my flaw the issues I had with Deshaun Kaiser he threw the best deep ball yeah that's a touchdown to Braden Lindsay on that play. That's something Jack's going to have to learn. Hey, get that thing and let it rip. He took like two gather steps and tried to throw a deep ball to Braden Lindsay. You're not doing that. Right. You got to so, get it out quicker than that. In the second half, he did. Yes. You know, he on the and touch see, he, on the right. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's what I liked was that mm-hmm. in the first half, two under throws, right? And that tells Se- me his OC got in his ear at halftime too. Yeah. And the second half, he got rid of that ball quicker, got it out in front and allowed his guys to go make plays. So, He's learning as he goes too. That this mm-hmm. was his first game. Look, yeah. you, you and, and there's a different game speed and practice speed. You and I both know that. You can throw as many balls as you want in fall camp and spring and, mm-hmm. and whatever. It's completely different than when you're in a game because guess right. what? Your receivers are actually a little faster in a game. Yeah, you've got to get it out there quick. I'm going to interrupt you, Vince, because I want you to keep explaining this, but I want to do it in response to a super chat we got okay. from, from uh, J, J. Path Martin. I'm sorry. I hope I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I apologize. But he said, "Were the underthrows due to arm strength or timing?" And and I would say, and I want to know if you agree with me, Vince. I thought the underthrows in the first half had to do with number one, he doesn't have Deshaun Kaiser's arm strength. No. And but the other two is I thought he tried to get air on it. I, I mean a touch it's on it high. instead of just launching it. He yep. was trying to arc it. He was trying to throw to Braden Lindsay the same way he tra- he made the throw to Kevin Austin. Right? Touch air outside. When you've got Braden, and this is the thing. There's two types of deep balls. There's deep balls that are the quick hit it and go, which is that dropping it on the outside. Then there's a deep ball where you're getting deep and you're trying to overthrow, throw it over the top of the defense. That re- Jay Feth. Okay, uh, thank you for clearing that up. It's Jay Feth. So uh, 
so th that that one particular required more of a the deep ball to, to Joseph Wilkins required more put it on the back shoulder you know which he, he did he just needs to get it out about four mm -hmm. inches more outside yeah, right that throw to Braden requires you to out to to throw it out and let him run underneath it exactly so he was trying to place it on Braden but Braden's too fast for that you got to launch and let go now the arm strength thing so I have seen clips from practice where he has made that exact throw to Braden Lindsay and let him. So I've seen it. I think it was more of a getting used to Braden's game right. speed. As yep. you know, it's different. Yep. And the other part was he did a double gather. That was the other thing. He did a double gather on that play. You can't do that. You have Which to, means when you, it's timing. When, yeah. it's, yes. So it's also a timing thing. So mm -hmm. I, don't, I think he's got the arm strength to make that throw better. He's not a guy that can make that throw with a double hitch and then go. He doesn't have that kind of arm. He's got to let that. He's got to hit it and let it go, and it requires a different type of deep throw. He's capable of it. I've seen him do it at Wisconsin. I've seen him throw the ball further than that at Wisconsin. I've seen him throw the ball further than that in practice. He needs to be able to let it go. So I think it was a mistake more than it was an inability to do something. But he doesn't, like I said, he does not have Deshaun Kaiser's arm strength. He doesn't have Ever Golson's arm strength. He's going to have to let that thing go. I don't think he can throw the ball as far as Ian Book could. This is the thing we always talk about with Ian Book. Right. It was no, never it was a lack of ability thing, yeah. to throw the ball for Ian Book. It was a lack of willingness to throw the deep ball. Jack has the willingness. Now he's got well, to yeah. understand so we saw different that types of it. Right. We saw that. Through and, seven and, beat balls, not not yeah. kind of Hellmer. Through seven balls at least 20 yards. And, right. and 11, I counted 11 that went at least 15 yards. Yeah, exactly. Not counting I, the Hail Mary. Right, yeah. So that, a third that, that, of his passes basically were – a third of his non-screen passes were um, deep balls. The balls, at least, that went 15 yeah. yards down the field. And and that's and that's the thing. It's like I, I if I was answering this question, I would have said it's more about timing. But I think he fixed the timing in the second half, right? Because he got, had to get used to his guys and game speed, et cetera. Mm -hmm. and, and and you're right. I think Tommy got in his ear a little bit um, and, and said, "Hey, th those guys are there. You know they're there. You just got to get it up to them, right?" Yeah. So I, I think it's just more timing and getting used yeah. to his guys. It's going to get better, yeah. which is scary, but yep. it's going to get better. Yep. And I thought, again, overall, I thought the receivers did really well. They were getting separation. Blocked okay. You know, yeah. not, blocked okay. Not great. And they have a willingness to block downfield. Right. We saw that a few different right. times. So, I mean, I, and, I'm okay with that. And there's effort. a question from Bruce Sher I want to ask to kind of get into it. It says, I couldn't watch the game live or, on, or in replay. Was Avery Davis not in the passing plan? He was. One thing Florida State was doing is Florida State was crowding – the they were crowding the line right mm -hmm. and they were crowding the middle and so they were basically trying to stretch all the runs outside for notre dame which they did and they wanted to run inside out right and use the sideline to their advantage well that also took away a lot of the over the middle pass game stuff right the the seam and, and all right. that stuff that we there were also about. times that you could tell jack wanted to look for the slots but the pressure came and he couldn't he had to check it down and so Florida State basically said, we're going to dare you to beat us throwing the ball down the field. That's basically – that was their game yeah, plan. Right. And Notre Dame said, okay. And, uh, and Brian, correct correct me if I'm wrong here, um, because you, you've you been a passing game coordinator at the college level. So um, to me, in my experience, rare is it that the slot receiver is your number one target. It's like your first read. It doesn't it, – I, I mean, it depends no, on the – it, it, it depends on the, the route concept. But like – yeah. I mean, Michael Mayer, a lot of times that he was catching the ball was doing it from as a slot guy, and he was part of. I mean, the thing people have to understand is you don't often have a primary read, meaning you're going to throw to the Z or the X. It's your primary read is reading the flat defender. Right. He's your primary read, and then that will determine whether you're going to throw the hitch or the, you know, the, the outside, smash yeah. or the corner on, for example. Right. 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 And so it's it's not necessarily a primary read is this you you right there now there when you're playing man. A lot of times you'll you'll read one two three four if it's man, right? Uh, but but a lot of time and, and and so that also depends too. So like if you're running double slants, your read's going to be inside out. If you're running, you know, hitches, it's going to be inside out. If you're going to be running outbreaking routes, it's outside in. You're going to read to go first and then to throw the out second, right? And so do I take the one on one shot or then do I read inside? So all, it just depends on the concepts being run. I felt like in this game, Florida State was basically saying we're going to make you go. We're going to force everything to the perimeter, and we're going to make you beat us down the field. And they, did. they didn't think Notre Dame could do that, and Notre Dame did that, and that right. was a big part of this game. I think they said. I think the Notre Dame offense sent a message to future opponents yes. about that. One hundred percent. Because look, the, the way you beat Notre Dame in the past, and the, uh, somebody, yes. a Florida State fan, said that in our chat a few about, about a week ago. The way you beat Notre Dame is stop the pass or stop the run game, clog right. the middle. 
Yeah, absolutely. In the past, and, sure. Yeah, and, and Notre this, Dame made him pay. And, and this is why it's a great thing that they were so aggressive down the field, Vince, is because now future opponents are going to have to respect that. Okay. Exactly. And yes. now, now you're some of those crossing routes, those short routes are now going to have more room to work. Yes. You know, and, and if they can, even if they can add a few more RPOs into the run game, a few more creative RPOs into the run game, I think that too is going to have a greater impact on the success of the run game, but also the quick game. So, yeah. uh, I thought they did a good job of taking what was there. Sure. And what was there was shots and right. they took shots. And, um, you know, there were some things I, I we didn't see them going for verts a whole lot. But again, I kind of understand it when you consider they did. You know, there was a lot of concepts I don't that, that I know Notre Dame likes to run that we didn't see them call much of, if any, in this game, because I don't think there was a lot of confidence they could protect Jack Cohn on those type of, of times. Yeah. Yeah. I think so the, the, and we, that we, leads we, us to the, the final part. Oh, tight ends. We talked a lot about on su- Sunday night, Vince. Can't drop those balls. Tight end blocking is going to have to get a lot better. I thought George Takis had a good job blocking. Michael Mayer was pretty below average as a yeah, blocker. He, this he game. almost looked like he angles. didn't want his uh, angles are bad. Contact and angles, and he was over his skis an awful lot yeah. from, from what I noticed. And that that's disappointing. Really poor run blocking performance from the tight end because Michael Mayer is a big dude, big strong. He was a better blocker dude. in games last than what yeah. he was against Florida State. Now again, yeah. one game. Right, right. One game. Yep. But in this one game, he did a he did a poor job. And so tight end position came up big for Notre Dame at times, but it also had some disappointing moments. And you expect better from that from this unit because that's the standard, right? Like, yeah, eight catches, 120. Yeah, it was great. But two times when there was opportunities to a put Florida State away, you're up seven nothing. You got a chance to catch a ball that gets you into field goal range. You drop it. You've got a chance to win the game at the end. Quarterback hits you right in the hands. I'm sorry, it's it. You got to catch that. If you're right? an All-American, because right. the, the eight for one twenty doesn't matter if you don't make that play when it matters. Right. Like, that was my thing about Will Fuller. Like Will Fuller would drop balls. He never dropped a ball when the game's on the line ever. Yeah, and that's what Michael Myers got. Sophomore game one. Right. We're just talking about this game. He's gonna have a. We're great not throwing year. him under the bus. It's just right. the fact that he's. got I just make can't that. believe Florida State still thought it was a good idea to play him one on one. All game. I just. Just woo. yeah. Now, now they were playing some inside out stuff with linebackers on the quick stuff. But if he ever ran an outbreaking route, it was you got that guy. It was it. Uh, John A one, perfect. Happy t- perfect segue. Tuesday Irish breakdown. BK said the pass pro was good. Thoughts? I um I don't know what Brian Kelly's talking about. Yeah, the, the 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 pass pro for me. I'll just lead this off, Brian. The pass pro for me. Look. Good pass pro, yes, you are giving ground a little bit, right? And you're trying to form that beautiful pocket for the quarterback to be able to step up in, et cetera, right? That pocket lasted milliseconds most of the time because our the interior was getting pushed back so severely that there was no pocket. Now, there were a couple plays where Jack Cohn did have a pocket, uh, and, he, and made, he, he made Florida State pay yes. when he had a pocket. Um, but more often than not uh, – um, it was at the third down, and you asked me who gave up the pressure. Uh, I was early on in the game. Uh, it was the one that was thrown out, and it was short. It, you know, it went to the feet of the receiver. Right. It's it because tipped. he got run into by the guard because right. the guard got pushed back so far that he got he ran into the quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. That happened more often than it didn't happen, and that was the biggest problem that I saw. They the the interior got manhandled um, in in a rush situation. I mean, it was. Mm-hmm. It was not good. It was not good. And then it, that just parlayed into the run game where there was just catching and they were not establishing the line of scrimmage beyond the original line. Mm-hmm. Um, they were stalemate at best. Right. Right. And and the thing is, like, there there was technical problems I saw. Like, uh, at right tackle, there were times where Josh Lug was getting so deep in his pass pro, it almost looked like he was backpedaling. And that allowed them to just kind of push him back. That I thought was a technical problem that that you say, well, that's not what Jack jo- uh, Josh Lug did two years ago when he started at right tackle. They were giving up way too much ground there. Uh, I thought that was problematic. I thought there was a lot of miscommunications, which those are the things like the first pressure of the game. Uh, Josh Lug's outside and 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 Kane Madden steps inside thinking that he's going to have help from Josh Lug. I don't know why he thought that because Josh Lug had a guy on his outside and the guy just runs through. That's the kind of stuff I'm okay with, and uh, let me. That's I'm not okay with. Yeah, it, but meaning as a coach, I'm going to be ticked. But yeah. like, 
that's the kind of thing you expect from a line that has four new starters in it, right? right. Like, I can live with that. You can correct, hey, look, you got to know this. You got to have some awareness, you know. And those aren't the mistakes that Kane Madden made very often at Marshall. So, again, I'm going to chalk that up to first game, new players, new system. That stuff's going to get cleaned up pretty quickly. Uh, Michael May- Michael Carmody is turning a guy loose on the outside because he's stepping down inside. I'm going to chalk that up to to – first game mistake right but the problem was i thought the tackles other than the mistakes were okay Mm -hmm. i thought blake fisher did his job wasn't overly impressive in doing it uh but wasn't bad michael carmody outside of the one mistake wasn't overly impressive doing his job but he wasn't bad the 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 center the the guards were bad in this game i mean pro football focus has which their grades are hilarious. That Jack Cone is the 46th best quarterback in the country on Saturday. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Oh. But they had they they had uh, Kane Madden giving up four pressures. I had him giving up four pressures as well. I had I had them giving up more pressures than Pro Football Focus did as a whole. But I thought that when you look at this, there was also times where they were just giving getting pushed back where that's right. not a pressure. But as a quarterback, it's, it gets you a little bit like, okay, if I throw this, am I going to hit this guy in the helmet? You, right, because you know. they're in your lap. I mean, that, right. that's, that's a problem. Right. So there was too much of that. That that, just, that that was a concern. And then then the run game, and as we kind of move on to the run game, there was just it was just catching all night long. And Vince, you had talked about during the game where you you talked about the Michael Carmody where he took Jermaine Johnson and drove him into the end zone. If you go watch that play again, and I know you did, I'm sure you noticed this too. At the snap, he just stood up and caught him. Yeah. But Michael's so strong that he then he was drove him into the end zone. Take it over. But he right. just stood up and caught him. And see, and see, that's the goal line. T- that's that's elementary right. technique stuff right. that we teach 14-year-olds yeah. in high school. Like, fire yeah. out. The Don't- one guy that did a good job firing out in the run game was Kane Madden. That's his thing. He- Right. That, that's his thing, right? His that's why technique a, was sloppy, yeah. but he came off hard. Yeah. And on that touchdown drive, he came off and drilled a guy, and it, the ball didn't go behind him, but that, that's not on him. Um, right. But he came off, and he had a, some nice short yardage pushes. The rest of the line, a lot of catching. Yeah. A lot of catching in the run game. I mean, there was a there was, there was was blown assignments, you know, on the jet sweep to Chris Tyree. I mean, Jermaine Johnson just doesn't get touched. To right. the call side, just doesn't get touched. Uh, I don't know who was supposed to block them. I don't know if it was a tight end thing, O-line thing. Uh, there there was a play where they're running inside zone or they're running um, uh, a sweep play, and Josh Lug, I think it was a sweep. No, it was a, it was a zone play because it was supposed to get inside. Josh Lug just turns inside and just let, catches the guy two yards down behind the line scrimmage. I mean, Vince, I stopped the the tape so many times where they were engaged with the offense, with the defensive lineman from Florida State on the Notre Dame side of the ball. Correct. Like right. back. That's why I say the best they did was a stalemate. Right. And that's not okay. For, for the most part. There was a couple right. snaps here and there. But, I mean, your longest run of the game was on a draw on, on second and long. When you're supposed to let them come. Right. In. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> kind of point. <sighs> so that, 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 that was the – what we said all summer was, look, I can live with the mistakes of the opener. It's going to happen. And we saw those, right? Those right. got to get cleaned up. But you kind of, ex- again, you expect that in game one with a bunch of dude, new dudes sure. playing together. The concern was always going to be are they going to get back to catching or are they going to be physical? Now, I'm not saying this is how they're going to be for the rest of the year because they were the same way early in 2018. That's true. 2018 against Michigan, a lot of catching. They were tough, but they were catching. And then they weren't good in the next week against uh, against Ball State. Or was it, was it Vanderbilt in week two or Ball State in week two? Uh, well, they weren't good against Ball State. That's all, right? <laughs> and and then and then Vanderbilt. I think they had Ball State in week two. I'm gonna. I I, I, got, I always get those two games backwards. Yeah, they had Ball State in week two, okay. and the offensive line was terrible. They got a little better against Vanderbilt. If you remember, Tony Jones had a good day that day. I, you know, he, they ran for 200 yards that game. Then against Wake Forest, the offensive line was really good, and, and they were pushing Wake Forest around. Uh, had 200, you know, over 200 yards against Vandy, 200 yards against Wake Forest, 200 yards against Stanford. By game five against Stanford, they were blowing Stanford up. Right. Right. So they progressed. Now they regressed after that, but that was because bars went down. Sure. And he was your best lineman by far at that point in time in the season. So it, it, it was understandable. So, so we need to, and that was under, that was with Jeff Quinn, right? That was first right. year Jeff Quinn. So we're going to need to see that. 
move forward because there's two reasons why we could have seen catching in the opener. Number one is he's not teaching him to fire off the ball. That, that could be it. Number two is because there's so much thinking going on in game new. one, guys right. working together, they're not as aggressive. Sure. That's what happened in 2018 in the first two games. A lot of thinking, a lot of mistakes. As they started to clean that up later in the year, you know, week game three, game four, game five, okay. they got a lot better. So I'm going to have my eye on that, right? Because, sure. again, it is the opener. There, The more you think, the less physical you're going to be. We've said that. We've said that a million times. So that's something I'm going to be looking for here, Vince. Absolutely. I want to get to the defense because I know you're on a bit of a, a time. We're kind of getting down when you got to bail. So let's talk, Vince, uh, about the defense. Just yes. overall, big picture, what are your thoughts coming out of watching it again from the defense? Well, it's a it's really a tale of two halves um and and i i want to put to bed the we talked about this on on what sunday morning what is it monday morning uh <laughs> still uh, sunday night right yeah we, we we talked about this a little bit everybody has their their knickers in a bunch about the three front you know in the second half etc 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 the first possession of the game notre dame was in a three front and they lived in the backfield, and they did a great job against Florida State's offense, right? They, they were getting pressure. They were making the quarterback run around like a crazy person. You know, he didn't know, you know, which end was up, and they were in a three front, right? So it's not the front that was the problem, okay? And let me, let me back up again. The first half, I thought Notre Dame was aggressive. I thought they did pretty well. Yes, there were some tackling issues at times. But they did a great job of getting pressure in the backfield and not allowing Florida State to do what they wanted to do. It was great. Second half, obviously, was a different story. I think you can blame some of it on fatigue. I think you can blame some of it on the rotation that they had. But the tackling wasn't good, and the contain wasn't good. Those were the two issues that I had in the second half, tackling and contain. And I, I both of those things are very, very correctable. Um, I, I don't really have a huge issue with it. It's, it's amazing the vitriol that Coach Freeman is is taking. The complete opposite of what it was Well, that, was, that was to be expected by you and I. I mean, yeah, a I week mean, ago, he's just, the next head coach in Notre Dame. Right. Now he's Brian Van Gorder. That's just the nature of <laughs> yes. fans. And I love that passion because that's why yeah. they, there's 400 that's people on our listen. stream right now. And yeah, I absolutely. love you all for that. So yes. let's talk. I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, Vince. Okay. Because if you go look. The difference that, that I have is I don't have a problem with the three-man front. I like right. that for flexibility. They had a, some really weird alignments on that first drive uh, that Florida State wasn't prepared for. I like the mix-up. I'm okay, yeah. okay at times using Isaiah Foskey off the ball. I'm okay with that. The issue that I had is after they went up 38-20, which came after a drive where they stopped Florida State. They were up 31-20. They came out, forced three and out. Uh, Florida State actually goes for it on fourth down, so it's a four and out. Notre Dame was in a four-man front that whole time. After that, they went almost exclusively to three-man yeah. front. There was no that variation. The problem I had. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. And it was very much a you went away from what worked. So as I'm watching, you know, going through watching these drives and I'm making notes, I'm not seeing the pressures as much. And people right. say you you went to pre. They didn't go to prevent. They just weren't as aggressive. Mm -hmm. And he went away from who he is. I'm a believer that when it's 38-20, you know they got a pass now pin your freaking ears back and go at them. Mm -hmm. That's the mistake I think Coach Freeman made. It, was, it wasn't necessarily going to 3-4. It was, hey, let's attack. Let's pin our ears back and attack. Let's get this ball back to our offense right now, and let's put this baby away. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's let, let let's let's put it the was, women and children in bed and go looking right. for dinner. Ooh, yeah. very good and program. The program. There you go. I got you. So, so that was course for my issue, Vince. It's not the three. So I'm going to somewhat disagree with you. I your point is accurate that the three down is was effective at times. It's more of a it's effective as a change up. This is still a team, and here's my point. This is still a team where your best position group on defense is your line. And That's taking one point. of those guys and taking them off is a or you're or you're that. dropping them back. Sure. That is my issue. And, and and they weren't in a prevent per se, because like what you said, because a prevent, you've got four guys deep, you've got everybody backing up at the snap. Right. I mean, that wasn't the case. But I get the intent by what what people but it are was, saying. Yes. It was conservative play calling. It's right. it's like it's like taking your foot off the gas offensively right. and just running between the tackles, right? right? It, it, that's yep. akin to what it was. And I do have a problem with that. And right. that is the coordinator. I mean, it, right. he's the one calling the plays. But I, 
you know, maybe did Brian Kelly say, hey, man, let's take our foot off the gas. Let's just, you know, not make mistakes, blah, 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 blah. Maybe. Um, but I think the buck stops with the defensive coordinator. Right. Now, do I think that it's going to change? That That's the key to me. Mm-hmm. Do I think that, okay, hey, man, we can't really do this. We're going to fix some of our substitution patterns. We're going to not be as and that's what we didn't see. That Agreed. Yeah. And that's where I think that we're going to learn a lot next week and the week after to see if that changes. If that changes, then the game one's an anomaly. Right. Right. And, and I don't have a problem with that. If it doesn't, then it's a bigger issue. Yeah, like I'm watching a play now, Vince. I got the video going, and they're they're in a three down, and they got one of their Vipers. I can't tell if it's Adam Yola or if it's Foskey. Okay. And it's second and seven, and there's there's five guys in the box. They've got, it looks like, three safeties in the game. You've got your Rover outside. So it's, it looks like a 4-2 personnel, but you've got your Viper back. And you're asking your Viper to basically freed and flow like a mic. And it's lo and behold, guess what? He doesn't yeah. do it. Right. So, you know, and and that wasn't that wasn't that to me. It, you're just letting them run. You're so you're letting them gas you. 18 points in the third quarter against a power five team is not a big enough lead to take your pedal take your right. foot off. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. The reason I don't think this is a Marcus Freeman thing only is because this is something we've seen in the past, and we saw it happen on both sides of the ball. Because the offense went away from what got them the 38 20 lead as well. We didn't see him attacking downfield anymore. You know, and, and so to me, that's why I say this is a Brian Kelly thing more than a Marcus yeah. Freeman thing. And Brian Kelly's gonna have to learn you've got to teach your team the killer instinct first, then you pull back in these games. Right. And and so that to me, so that's part Brian Kelly, but also part Marcus Freeman, because as you said, he didn't make the adjustments he needed to make. I thought there were some technical issues wrong and this is some schematic flaws against the run game too. And this also reared its head in the first half. They weren't setting the edge effectively. They were allowing Florida State to seal them inside a lot. And so they were getting their pullers outside with one linebacker against two pullers because they were basically pinning the Vipers and the three techniques inside. And the pullers were able to get outside and there just weren't enough bodies out there to take them on. That's something. So I don't know if that was a scheme issue or if that was, you know, the, the ends not setting the edge effectively. It looked to me because it happened multiple times with different players that it was a scheme problem. That's going to have to get corrected because you're going to have to get your safeties more involved downhill to do that. You know, in my opinion, I would like to see them kind of use the Vipers a little bit more to set that hard edge and force the inside runs and then let the linebackers scrape and flow. Because what was happening is that backside will or Mike, depending on which way they went, was basically taken out of the play. Because now the ball's going outside. He's going to have to get all the way across. He's now not part of the run defense. And so the mic or the will, depend, the, the play side linebacker would flow and hit take out the guard. But then that, that there was no safety in the picture. And then the will's coming from so far deep because, because you spilled it, the will can't make that play against athletic running backs like Florida State had. So I thought that was sure. a schematic problem. And I'm going to have some stuff on this in my, my video breakdown, which is going to be available to, to Irish Breakdown members only tomorrow where I'm going to show some of this on film. Uh, but but I thought that was an issue, too, that needs to be addressed. But, again, that's one of those things where Florida State was also executing well. I thought mm-hmm. their line blocked well in the run game. I was a little disappointed at times their name got pushed off the ball at by guys that shouldn't have. I thought at times they went like wholesale number two defensive line substitutions on the first 89-yard touchdown run. You had three starters on the field three and two of them were dbs let's say kyle hamilton was one of them yeah you, know, you, you, you had kyle hamilton you had uh uh cam hart and i think i i think maybe one of the corners okay uh i'd have to go back and look maybe a linebacker but you had you had no defensive lineman on the field right on the second touchdown play you had like four or five starters on the field but the four of them were dbs so you had all but one of your starting front seven guys out. You've got to do more mixing. And this is one thing that I thought Notre Dame did a really good job of under, under Clark Lee is they'd yes. start the game off with their starting D line. But then after that, you'd have the, the first and second team tackles would be together. So like the first team knows would, would be the number two, three technique. And then the number one, three technique would be with the number two nose. And then they'd kind of mix and match the ends right. in a little bit different. Fa- I, I, they need to rethink that strategy a right. little bit. I agree. And I'm, I have no issue with getting your second team offensive 
defensive line in the game. Well, me I neither. Zero issue with that. Because they're good. They're really Correct. good. But it's yeah. just you need to put them in together a right. little bit more. They're I mean, second team for a reason. There's better right. guys ahead of them. So right. you know, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, like some of these numbers that we saw from rotation, I loved. I mean, you had Howard Cross getting 35 snaps. Heinish only had 45. Adam Miola had 54. Foskey had 49. Myron Tungvalo had 54. Justin Adam Miola had 28. Um, you know, so so I, I, I liked the rotation. I thought that they didn't – I'd like to see a little bit more of Lacey and Mills. I thought Mills was really good when he was in there. I'd like to see him get a little bit more action. I'd like to – and there was one time, Vince, they went nickel, and, and they had Jason Adamiola, Myron Tungavaloa, and Kurt Hein or not Kurt Heinish. It was another defense – maybe Howard Cross all in the game together. Yeah. That didn't make sense to me. You have three right. defensive tackles basically in the game right. together. And, and Jason was was playing on the, the left edge. side of the defense. He was the yeah, edge. Yeah, he was on the edge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, that didn't that. make sense to me. Uh, I'm, I'm that, and of course they didn't get any pressure on the quarterback. That was on the touchdown pass that where Houston Griffith got beat. Oh, that's right. That's what the play was. So it's like, well, yeah, you didn't get a pass rush. Well, no kidding. You had three defensive tackles on the on the field, right. Exactly. What are, what are you expecting? I mean. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't I didn't quite understand that. So there were some things like that. And again, it's game one for the coaches too, right? Abs- this is Marcus Freeman's first game with these players, right. and they're trying to figure out what those right. combinations are that work. And that, and that's right. that happens in game. Well, you, you throw some right. stuff, and uh, you know it's like throwing the spaghetti against the wall, seeing if it sticks. There's some, some things you're going to throw out there and say, okay, can mm-hmm. these guys play together effectively? Well, okay, right. no, they they can't. So you know. Let's get some guys in there that can right. and the different combinations. So right. you're right. There, I'm I'm going to give them a bit of a pass on the no, substitution not pass, patterns, but just but patient with it. I, let's, yeah. let's see how it evolves. And that's going to be the thing is how do they do in games two and three and four and five? And that's true for anybody. I mean, yes, it's yeah. fine to say well, it's okay making mistakes, but then it's like okay, but you can't keep making you have those, to, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where we're going to continue to just that's the going to what we're going to learn more. We're going to learn a lot about Marcus Freeman this year. Good and mm-hmm. you know, what some things he's going to have to work on. No coach is perfect. We're going to learn that, right? And he's sure. still learning about his team. And so next week will be an opportunity to do that on a short week, which is going to be very interesting. Yeah, no Linebacker-wise, I thought Drew White had a very good game. Yeah. I thought J.D. Bertrand was solid. Mm-hmm. He had some areas where he you know, he looked like he maybe wasn't sure what he was doing, but he had some other good moments. He's got a, he was who I thought he was. He I mean, pursued a couple yeah. of times. He was very good in a run game. Had 11 tackles, which means in one game, he's three tackles away from what Shane Simon had in 11 games last year. Okay, so that's not a shot on Shane. That's say, hey, I'll take a guy playing Will that needs to clean some stuff up that had 11 tackles. That has production. Because what have they always said? He's always around the ball. He was around the ball. Now Mm -hmm. he's got to clean stuff up. Jack Kaiser, they basically avoided him the whole night. I don't know if that was the plan that they, hey, let's avoid Jack Kaiser. It just, they never, the ball was never really near him. Yeah. I thought Isaiah Pryor was very active as a pass rusher and and a run defender, but his coverage struggled. I thought the second team linebackers, including Will Bauer, had some really nice pass rushes, but as a run defender, he was not really there. And as getting into coverage, he was not there. And then Shane Simon obviously had his woes. So I I thought linebacker play was a little inconsistent. I thought they were put in some really bad spots in the second half mm-hmm. where they were just they they because they weren't the the second half, I'm watching this play now. The linebackers are five yards off the ball waiting. Right. I'm not having Jack Drew White and J.D. Bertrand, who are both way in the 220s, sitting back there taking on guards. Exactly. That's yep. not a Drew White, J.D. Bertrand problem. That's a defensive coaching staff problem. You have to move them. You have to bring them downhill. You right. have to have them on the move because you're right. If they're catching a 320-pound guard, they're, they're going to lose. lose. They're I mean, not Manti. Right. Right. You're going to lose. Right. And, and, and I don't like them being that far off the – line of scrimmage either yeah. so th- that was almost like a prevent situation they were that far that's back. where i think people think because it and again it wasn't a prevent it's just you t- you lost your aggressiveness yeah and, and so you and it this is in the third quarter it mm-hmm. wasn't like they went up 38 20 with like eight minutes in the fourth quarter that i would have understood what they did if it was later in the game because make florida state go on a drive i'm okay with that right vince i mean make florida state put a longer drive together i mean the score, the, the the drive where Florida State went and made it 38-28, it was 15 plays, 75 yards, took almost six minutes off the clock. You right. do that in the fourth quarter, game over. They did this in the third quarter because Florida State, you know what I mean? Like Florida State scored with 13.42 left in the fourth quarter. That I'm watching that same drive now, and there's 3.37 left in the third quarter on that drive. 
right? You do that a series later and it's okay, cool. Because now it's, you know, it's 38-20 in the fourth quarter. There's not enough possessions, enough time to do that. That's where I'm at with this, with the defenses. I just felt like the timing of it was, um, was, was a mistake. I thought they should have gone to this a lot later. Secondary-wise, I thought it was a little spotty. I thought at times the secondary was good in the run game. At times they were off. I thought Houston Griffith had a really rough coverage play, but other than that was solid. But you, you can't make those kind of technical mistakes that get you beat. Uh, he's going to have to fix that. I thought Kyle Hamilton had some great plays. There was one mistake he I thought he made that when I went back and watched the film, it wasn't him. But there were still some issues that he had. And, and when you look at um, – he, he kind of allowed a, a guy to get out in coverage. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to help Vince with his issues. Uh, there were times when I thought that, that he just got a little too aggressive. He got beat on a corner route. So there's some things even that great All-American has to clean up, which is, is – you know, I'm, it's going to happen. I'm, it's first game type stuff. I thought Cam Hart played pretty well in his first game. Got a little winded in the fourth quarter. Clearly, he's going to have to kind of push through that. He got a little sloppy with his technique in the fourth quarter. But uh, DJ Brown just—he was the guy that whiffed on that long touchdown. You, you just—you can't be on the field and miss that kind of play. I mean, that's the difference between a five-yard gain and an 89-yard touchdown when you're when the other team's backed up at their own eleven. You you can't make that kind of mistake. You can do that against Florida State and still win the game. You do that against a, a team that's better, and you're going to lose. And that's the thing that that we have to look at and say, hey, look, that's the stuff you're going to have to clean up. And and uh, I thought Clarence Lewis had a solid game. Florida State hardly attacked outside at all. And when they did, it was against the safeties, which I thought was a good game plan. Attack the safeties. I thought the coverage from the linebackers was a little spotty. I thought that the the run defense from the safety position was mostly good but the when they made mistakes they were big mistakes so uh, those are some of my thoughts from the Notre Dame defense again at times they were brilliant and I think when they in the second half when they were in four down fronts they were more effective so I think the three down needs to be a thing where it is a it is a wrinkle it is a change up it is something that gets the offense on their heels with what are they showing at times they were they were they had two rovers on the field together. I'm okay with all that. The problem, however, is that when it became your base and then you backed off your pressures. Again, so I would argue that yes, I didn't like the three down front late simply because you didn't always have your best players on the field. And then when you did have Foskey back, you weren't turning them loose. I had two sacks in the first half and you just had them sitting back. I'm a believer that you just you pin people and you go after them. And we didn't see that from them. So, end of the day, there were some schematic issues that need to be addressed, and there was a lot of technical mistakes. The tackling, to me especially, the second half was due to, I think, guys being tired. I think that was part of it. And they weren't they didn't push through the fatigue like they need to. And, and that's something that they're going to have to learn. And I also thought part of it was just not taking great angles to the ball. Sometimes, you know, they were a little out of control getting to the ball, which allowed the Florida State guys to make a miss. And I thought they were allowing themselves to get sealed inside a little too soon, whether that was the too easily or whether that was the players or whether that was a scheme remains to be seen. But at the end of the day, they did what they needed to do. I mean, you go to the fourth quarter and and you step up and and Florida State's got a chance to win the game and you did what you needed to do to, to get the stop. And I thought it was interesting that Florida State it took the ball first, which it made sense that they that they took the ball first. Um Actually, I, I might have been mistaken on that. I thought that they chose to take the ball, but I, I could be wrong on that. But, you know, they got the ball. Defense had a chance to come up with a stop, and that's what they did. They made the stop. And so you say what you want about it, that tells me something about this defense. When you can when you can struggle the way that they did, that, you know, and then come out that second half or that, that fourth, that overtime, excuse me, and have a chance to make a play, that you know that that to me that like I said that that showed me something. So I liked where they're at, and and again part of the 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 situation was is Florida State tried to go at Notre Dame with the run game. They were in their four down looks. They were more aggressive. You know on the second down run, I'm watching now. They brought a corner fire, expecting run. Linebackers were back to being downhill, back to making plays, 
And that's what this team can do, you know, is, is let this team run, use their speed to your advantage. And I think that's the key, the key for the Notre Dame defense. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.